Welcome to the United Soccer Coaches Podcast, presented by Team Snap and hosted by veteran soccer broadcaster Dean Linky. Uniting coaches at every level of the game around the love of the game. We are United Soccer Coaches. Now, here's our host, Dean Linky. Yes, indeed. Here we go. The start of college soccer means great guests each and every week. We kick off the show with Mark Krikorian. He led Florida State to their second national championship under his leadership last year, knocking off North Carolina. Following him, Nikki Elsasser. Now, in 2016, she was the D3 Player of the Year at Messiah, where she also won a national championship her freshman year. She's 25 years old. She's the new head coach of Houghton College in New York. She is fantastic. Amanda Mitchell, the development officer for United Soccer Coaches and United Soccer Coaches Foundation. They have scholarships. They have grants. They're waiting for you to apply. She will break that down. And two more members of our incredible 30 under 30 class, Ross Liberati and Taylor Adcock. That's our show. And it starts after this message from our presenting sponsor, Team Snap. Still managing your club or league on paper and spreadsheets go paperless with team snap their customers save up to 15 hours each week on communication registration scheduling and more plus they have way fewer paper cuts bring your club or league into the 21st century with team snap go to teamsnap.com once again here's dean linky this is the United Soccer Coaches Podcast presented by Team Snap. I am Dean Linky, and our tradition continues. We start talking to the national championship coaches from a year ago. Just as the preseason rankings are out, the preseason rankings are out. No surprise, the Florida State Seminoles are right up there at the top. Why not? They are the reigning national champs, and we're joined by their fine head coach, Mark Krikorian. And Mark, we've been down this road before talking to you after you've won a national championship, and I remember last time you like it's all about moving forward but do me a favor reflect one more time on what it means to take home another title well um it's the ultimate prize at, uh, at the end of the day uh, this is day one of uh, the college season right now everyone is starting at the uh, exact same spot and at the end uh, in december there'll only be two teams standing and you hope that uh, you have enough quality and uh, enough luck on your side to be able to uh, to ho- hoist the uh the gold trophy as opposed to the silver. Not asking for any ancient Chinese secrets, but what's got to go right in your mind to win a national championship, to win the entire thing? Well, I think there's a lot of elements to it. So first and foremost, you have to have the talent. If you don't have enough talent, um, I'm not sure that uh, any of the, the coaches are good enough to uh, to make up for uh, a big uh, lack of talent. But uh, So having top-quality players, having players that are invested and uh, have, have a, a shared vision, um, that are willing to sacrifice some of themselves for the betterment of the team, I think along the way you have to have some some good luck, um, you know, through the course of your non-conference and then conference schedule, and uh, um, then you have to um, hope that you're peaking at the right time. And I think as we we look back last year, um, we had a very disjointed uh, season for for many uh, parts of it with uh, different call-ups and uh, and so on. But uh, all the players came together at the right time, and we played a um, a host of really good teams uh, down the stretch uh, with the ACC tournament and then right into the NCAA tournament and I think uh, in order to win you have to uh, string together a lot of good performances at the right time of year. I'm going to ask you about this year's team in just a moment but uh, coming off the Women's World Cup coming off uh, seeing record attendance for NWSL. I know you've been a big fan. Of course, you used to coach in the WSA, and you did such a great job. You got to coach the great Kelly Smith. But uh, I feel like maybe we've said this before too, Mark, but it just does not seem like a better time for women's soccer in this country right now. And I say that at any level, including women's college soccer. Yeah, I think that you're right, Dean. The the good news is we continue to see progress uh, uh, over the years. And, um, you know, as you're looking around the country in the college game, there's more and more parity all the time. There are more teams that are capable of competing for and winning national championships, which is a great sign of of growth in the game. Uh, I think everyone agrees that uh, this past World Cup 
um, was uh, just a, a fantastic World Cup, probably the best collection of the most talented teams that there have been uh, across the board. Uh, the European countries have just done a great job of, uh, of development there in the last 10 years. And, you know, having seven of the last eight teams uh, in the World Cup is a credit to them. Uh, but uh, in my, my thoughts, uh, Jill Ellis, her staff, I got it absolutely right. Uh, Their preparation was uh, fantastic, and the quality of play that they displayed was was great. And for those that are are fans, uh, it was easy to embrace them. And for folks who weren't necessarily fans of soccer, um, I think we probably picked up a few. Knowing what you know about uh, the college game and then also the youth system for U.S. soccer, knowing there's going to be some of those players moving on, uh, can you confidently say that the uh, USA will keep on winning World Cups, or are you feeling that uh, gap getting a little bit smaller? Well, I think certainly at the youth uh, national team level, we've seen that um, you know some of the other countries have made some pretty good progress. And uh, if we don't continue to invest in our our young players, um, the rest of the world will continue to grow their game as they have. Uh, I've heard in the last number of months that um, Barclays has come in big to uh, help the, the the English Women's League, which um, will be a heck of a sponsor and help them continue to grow the game and. You know, what's going on here in the NWSL is nice to see, um, and my hope is that uh, there will continue to be expansion and um, increasing the level of professionalism for our kids that are coming out of college and going into that league. Thanks for uh, some extra time on what the World Cup has meant. I appreciate that. Uh, now, this year's team, remind us uh, how many players you lost from last year's team, how many starters are back, and how many new players need to get in there, Coach? We only lost two starters, but uh, we had a few uh, very good seniors uh, that came in and contributed in different ways off the bench. So we we lost five or six players that um, uh, we thought had very big influence uh, in our team, including uh, the the young woman who scored uh, some big goals down the the, field. uh, the road there with uh, Dallas uh, DeRozzi scoring uh, some some ma- major goals, uh, including the one in the national final. Um, but you know we have uh, a very very talented team coming back. We have some kids that uh, are returning from injury, so I don't think lack of talent will be an issue. Well, we're going to be a talented team, uh, but again, it's about getting all those pieces to to work together and um, uh, function uh, as a unit, and and then we'll see. Um, you know, there's going to be a um, certainly a target on our back as uh, as the uh, reigning national champions that we are expecting and um, and preparing for. But you know the hope is that we'll go out and we'll compete at the highest level we can every day and um, see how uh, how the, the season shakes out for us. And you have to when you play in the ACC, right? The conference is just ridiculous. So many great teams, coach. It's just loaded, you know. It. Um, I think last year we had nine or ten teams in the NCAA tournament, and you know, typically we're having seven or eight teams get to the Sweet 16. It's just unheard of, and uh, you know, for us, I guess last season we ended the um, the ACC schedule as the number seven team in the conference, and uh, I would say that uh, the preparation that we got going through that um, that uh, rigorous uh, schedule uh, prepared us for what lay, laid ahead of us, and. Um, Fortunately for us, we were able to put the right uh, string of games together when we needed them. But I'm absolutely convinced that uh, playing that level of competition game after game after game prepared us for um, everything that came came uh, beyond that. So we know about the teams in the big conferences. How does it make you feel, even at the women's level, seeing some of these mid-majors continue to rise and make all kinds of noise for women's college soccer? Yeah, it's great. Uh, I think it's good for the game. Uh, one of my uh, very good friends up in Central Connecticut uh, had a great season last year. McDarcy, uh, uh, Nancy Feldman is always doing just a great job at uh, at BU, and uh, they had a good run. Uh, I'm sure there are a lot of others that I'm, I'm you know not thinking of at this point, but uh, I think it's great for the game. And uh, every time we go out and compete against some of those teams, um, you know, I think it's um, a great opportunity for them, and it's also a great opportunity for 
for us to play against different teams. I know I ask you this question every time, but I need to ask it again because uh, our numbers are great now on the podcast. We're getting thousands and thousands listening every week, which is a true testament to the United Soccer Coaches and their membership. But you've got four national championships, two with Florida State and two with Franklin Pierce at a lower level. And I always love hearing you talk about Division Two, Division Three, NAIA, Junior College for women's soccer. There's a place for everybody, right? I absolutely believe that. Um, you know, looking back at my Division Two days at Franklin Pierce and, you know, seeing the different players that we competed with and against, um, knowing that, um, you know, it was a different time then, but still it's a great opportunity for young players to continue to follow their love of the game. And, you know, not everyone's going to be able to play at uh, a place like Florida State or Penn State or Carolina or Duke or wherever it might be. Um, but there is somewhere for everyone to go and play. And uh, for, from my perspective, I think it's a great thing about uh, university-level sport that, you know, you can continue to follow your love for the game and enjoy the game while, you know, earning that uh, that, that uh, college degree. And, you know, I, for me, I very much enjoyed my time in the D- Division Two level at Franklin Pierce. Uh, I learned a lot of lessons. I uh, made a lot of mistakes, to be honest with you, and um, hopefully learned, uh, learned from those mistakes. But um, I agree with you, Dean. I think that there's great opportunity for young women and men uh, to follow their dream and follow their love of soccer at the college level. Two more questions for Mark Krikorian, head coach at Florida State, your reigning Division I women's national champions. As you start practice this week, how much do you talk about last year? Do you talk about it at all as your kind of opening mantra, your opening message, coach? Yeah, not at all. Uh, Last year was last year, and we're putting all of our focus uh, into what's coming up, um, you know, everyone knows how last season ended. Uh, last season was last season. This is a different collection of players with the same goal. So, um, the, the good news is we have a lot of experienced players that have gone through it and understand the commitment and the um, um, the, the different specifics that it's going to take to be successful in the end. Uh, but there's no discussion about last year. That's uh, that's over and done with, and we all are, are focusing on uh, what lies ahead. All right, one question maybe you're not expecting, because as you know, I don't know much, but I know just enough to be dangerous, and a pretty reliable anonymous source understandably says that, and you already mentioned Jill Ellis, that Mark Krikorian will absolutely have to be on the list of folks that U.S. soccer talks to about being the national team coach. You don't need to confirm or deny that, but I would love your comment just on what it would mean to be the head coach of the U.S. women's national team. Well, of course, it's uh, flattering to be considered for a position of that sort. But honestly, I'm thrilled to be here at uh, Florida State. And um, you know, I have a, a, a great staff, a great uh, great team. And uh, at this point, all of, uh, all of my attention and uh, the attention here is at Florida State. And uh, that's how it's going to be. All right, great answer. The only part that uh, I'm troubled with is you didn't try to, you know, maybe add a little fire to the fact that I do know a little bit. You just let that go that I know nothing, Mark. Dean, <laughs> you know a lot, man. You know an awful lot. But, uh, but no, you can uh, you can count on seeing me on the sidelines of Florida State. All right, Mark Corrin, congratulations on another great year last year, and we wish you the best of luck as you try to go for the repeat. Thanks so much for kicking off our show today. No, it's always a pleasure, Dean. Thank you. Mark Krikorian's been doing it for a long time. How would you like to be 25 years old and be the head coach of a Division Three women's soccer program? Nikki Elsasser, former Division Three Player of the Year just a few years ago in 2016 at Messiah at just 25 years old. She is the head coach at Houghton College in New York D3. Nikki Elsasser, she is fantastic and she is next after this message. Being a coach means being a lot of things. Mentor, teacher, role model, motivator, leader, organizer. Of course, it's not easy to be all those things. You need help. And who better to help you than an association of fellow coaches? Membership with the United Soccer Coaches includes access to over $500 worth of e-learning courses, an improved online resource library with more than 1,000 activities, session plans and articles, $1 million worth of liability insurance, and a whole lot more. Visit unitedsoccercoaches.org slash join and start your free 
30-day introductory membership today. United Soccer Coaches, your association for all things coaching. Welcome back to our United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by Team Sap. I want to thank Mark Krikorian, the reigning national champion for women's D1 for getting us kicked off. And as you've heard me say, last week, Kale Wasserman was on the program, talked about his journey to become a head coach uh, for him at the D1 level. And we've been hearing some incredible stories from our 30 under 30 members as well. Boy, Nikki Elsasser, She's going to be a 30 under 30 member for sure. You're not one already, are you, Nikki? No, I'm not, actually. All right, you need to apply because you're going to be automatic, and here's why. Nikki Elsasser is already the head coach at Holton College. Am I saying that right, Holton College? That's correct. All right. In New York, this after just a couple years ago, I think in 2016, she was the player of the year when she starred for Messiah, which is always featured on this program. And now she's already a head coach. Congratulations, Nikki, by the way, on being named the head coach at Houghton. Thank you so much. Yeah, so are you ready? How, how old are you, Nikki? I'm currently 25 years old. I'll be turning 26 in October. And you're ready, right? You, you can do I'm, this. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm really excited. I'm really grateful for the opportunity. Well, let's get to know you. Tell us uh, where you grew up. I think it was New Jersey. Why you picked Messiah. How Messiah then helped you become a coach, because I know they played a big role. And don't leave anything out, okay? Yeah, so I grew up in New Jersey. I went to a very small Christian high school, and I played for a club soccer team in Freehold, uh, which is a town by where I lived in New Jersey. And I guess you could say I wasn't I wasn't really on a huge club team. Um, to keep it short of how I ended up at Messiah, um, it was through going to camps, ID camps there, and having Coach Fry get to see me play in some tournaments. Uh, and then just through an injury, actually, uh, at an inopportune time, which was my junior year of high school, uh, I didn't have many offers and I wasn't able to play in many showcases. And... Uh, Coach Fry had already seen me play at camp, and he was he was willing to offer me a spot, although I was recovering from ACL surgery. Uh, so I ended up falling in love with the program when I visited, falling in love with the girls and, and Coach Fry, and then deciding to go play at Messiah. Uh, and then while I was there, I've always loved the game of soccer, um, but while I was at Messiah, I... I just learned even more how how the game can be used to build relationships and build character into players um, and how in my life as I looked back coaches did that throughout my life and then especially in college coach Fry never missed the opportunity to pour into us as as players and us as yeah getting better on the field but he poured into us even more as um, like young women and specifically young Christian women who um, he desired to teach us how to be eventually better at whatever we're going to do, whether it's our job or, like, have a family or, uh, yeah, be a wife or a mother someday. He he was really developing us way beyond the field. I can say that for sure. It's one of the great things about Messiah every day, right? Yeah, it's amazing. Um, and I guess I don't probably don't have a traditional story of someone who'd be sitting here as a head coach because it wasn't something that I was, um, always seeking after it was more of a journey of of knowing I loved the sport um, and then as I, I was an athletic training major and as I pursued athletic training realizing I didn't really love that um, I loved being around athletics and I loved being around the teams but I really enjoyed the coaching aspect of it more than I enjoyed helping people who were injured um, so it was a journey of yeah figuring that out and then figuring out how I could incorporate um, coaching into my life, um, and some doors opened up back at Messiah, and I was able to work in a sports ministry there called Aroma, which I could go on and on about. But while I did that, I was also able to be an assistant with the women's team um, and learn from Coach Fry in a new way. Um, and then this opportunity came up. So uh, you, you spent, what, how many years as an assistant coach there? Just a couple, right? Uh, actually, one. So after college, I, I moved to Connecticut. I was at a small Christian school coaching high school soccer, doing athletic training and teaching, um, and then felt pretty called back to Messiah. And I was there for a year, planning to stay for two, actually, as a graduate assistant. 
Um, and then this opportunity opened up, which is one I would have hoped for after I was finishing my two years. So um, I decided to put my name in the hat and apply, and um, here I am. What did you say to Coach Fry when this opportunity opened up, and what kind of advice did he give you? I just told him about it, and he's given me a ton of advice. I could I could go on and on. Uh, the The biggest thing that was encouraging to me is getting to hear other head coaching um, stories about, and specifically his. Um, I had not known where he. Like I knew he started. He started at Alma College. Um, and he actually was able to tell me some of his thoughts and some of his concerns when he was um, going to apply to his first head coaching position. And getting to hear his mentality back then and seeing where he is now, it was just an encouragement to me that uh, if this is something I really desire to do and I'm going to um, give all my effort towards it, uh, that it's going to be a little bit scary at first and there's going to be a lot of learning to happen. But... Um, I can trust that other people have have been in my shoes where it's like, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm young. I, I know I'm young. Um, I have a lot to offer, but I have a lot to learn. I know that. And just hearing that he had been in that place when he was around my age was really encouraging for me to um, take the step of like confidence in the interview process and things like that. How nerve-wracking was the interview process as somebody just a few years out of college? Actually... A real blessing in the interview process was that I I fully intended to be a graduate assistant for one more year at Messiah. Um So when this uh, when this opportunity um, presented itself, I I knew I like I'm very um, strong in my faith, and I I knew I desired to be at a Christian college and to invest in in girls at a Christian institution where I could share my faith with them. Um, so when the opportunity opened, it was more—I was more so trusting that if I got it or I didn't get it, um, that it was the Lord's will for my life, and that if I didn't get it, I knew I knew what I was going to do next year. So I think it was a unique. Well, I know it was a unique process um, because had it been next year, I would have not had a plan, and a lot of pressure would have been riding on any interviews that I did have. Um, so because of that unique situation. It actually felt like a low-pressure situation, and I was able to um, be more confident and be myself, knowing that I wasn't riding on. Like, if it was a good fit for Houghton and it was a good fit for me, then great. But if not, like, I would understand. You're in the voice of Nikki L. Sasser, big-time player at Messiah, 25-year-old head coach at Houghton College. As you sit right now with practice beginning, what's the biggest challenge that you think's ahead of you, and what are you most excited about in this new role? Good question. So it's actually, so since the Division Three school, I've got about a week and a half until – um, the players report. So right now I'm just prepping for all that. Biggest excitement for me is honestly just getting the girls here and getting to start training and getting to know them because uh, I was hired right after the end of last school year. So um, the whole summer has just been in anticipation of getting to be with the current players and get to know them um, and get to train them. Um, so all of this time has been building up to that moment. So I'm just honestly most excited for the on-field time, the training, and um, getting to develop a system of play with them um, to get started on the season. And I think uh, most nerve-wracking part, I would say, would probably be just, uh, for all that are listening that are head coaches, there's a lot of logistical details and um, administrative things that go into coaching, and I guess the biggest uh, fear of mine is to let one of those through the cracks, and um, I'm sure that'll happen, but just hoping and praying it's not anything big and that I can learn from it. Some very successful coaches that uh, I get to work with, I call a lot of soccer games, uh, particularly on the D1 level, they're still out there right in the middle. They're practicing with them. It's almost part of their daily workout. And let me tell you, folks, mm-hmm. in Nikki Elsass, so we're talking about a big-time player, led Messiah to a ton of wins. You were the D3, D3 right? 
Player of the Year. Correct. Yeah, the D3 yeah, Player of the Year. In 2016, that's not that long ago, Nikki. So clearly you put mm-hmm. that ACL behind you. And uh, Remind us how many – we know you were the D3 Player of the Year. How many conference and championships and stuff did you win at Messiah? Uh, we won three conference championships. And then my freshman year we won the national championship for Division Three. And then spent the other three years trying to went to the Sweet 16, lost the Elite Eight the next year and lost, and then the Final Four we lost. And those last two were DKs, actually. Mm-hmm. I tend to remember the ones I lost more than the ones um, that, the one that I won. Well, nobody can take that ring away, but uh, back to the start of that question, I got to believe you're going to be out there maybe playing a little bit too, right? So there's the one thing I learned. So a lot of people bring up my own playing ability, and what I'm what I would tell the players is, uh, how much does it matter how well I can play soccer? And I would say, at this point in my life, it doesn't matter at all. On the time matters how well I can get the players to understand the game and to play. So something I learned early on in my coaching career in the first season out was that I am a very very competitive person. It's very difficult for me to um, separate my own desire to win at something that I'm doing and coach. So I actually will probably restrain um, from most from jumping into most training sessions because of that conflict of interest in my brain. I'll tend to focus on competing and then I won't be able to um, focus on the coaching aspect as much. So I learned that pretty early on. So I will keep myself from training too much. I appreciate that honest, candid answer. And of course, we can only expect honesty from Nikki L. Sasser. She told you so astutely how she is grounded through faith. Final question. And Mm -hmm. this one may be a little bit tougher, but I know you're going to give a great answer because all your answers have been great. There are 30,000 plus members of United Soccer Coaches. Some of them have been grinding forever, trying to get a break. Some of them are finally getting a break. Some of them are still waiting. You obviously, as you said, through your faith, got this break. What is your message to those that are out there saying, I want a chance, I want to be a head coach someday? Uh, honestly, my message would be, like, stay focused on why, like, what's your motive and, and why do you want to be a head coach? Um, and as before you get a position, continue to form that, like, philosophy for yourself so that when you are presented with opportunities to interview um, or opportunities that you really want, you're able to speak from your heart about, like, why why you're motivated to desire this and what you want for your players um, I think as I as I go into the season, I'm I'm really prayerful that I remember. Like we all know, as coaches, I know a lot of coaches are listening that you you have win and you have loss and you have ties, and those records are attached to our name. Um, and it's so easy to get wrapped up in in just like a transactional type of coaching where I got to get the next best player so that they can help you get wins. Um, and I I just caution. And uh, from my age, uh, whatever wisdom I have, I don't know, but I'm sure there's a lot to learn. But my wisdom to share would be um, stay focused on on the purpose and the motive for why you want to coach. And I do believe that the reason we should want to coach is to invest into the lives of our players um, and get a chance for four years to develop them into the people that they're going to be once they graduate. Um, so just, I guess, Stay focused, keep the important things important, um, and don't let other things grab your attention and overwhelm you. Nikki Alsasser, I am so delighted that uh, you called me back and uh, were willing to come on and, and tell your story. And uh, it's just been great to to listen to your answers and listen to, about your faith as well. I appreciate it. Uh, let's say there's folks listening right now that say, you know what, I wouldn't mind chatting with her via email or Twitter or something like that. Is there a way maybe if uh, coaches want to hear your story, would you share with them uh, your story? Totally. Um, I, email would be the best The best bet. I don't have a Twitter. Mm-hmm. I, I'm probably one of the few coaches who don't have a Twitter. Um, but uh, my email is just Nikki, um, N-I-K-K-I dot Elsasser, my last name, so E-L-S-A-E-S-S-E-R at Houghton dot E-D-U. Um, and if it's easier, you can always go to the Houghton website and look at women's soccer, and my email address is right there. 
pops right up. Nikki, I'll be following you. Good luck to you in your first season. As you said, it's not about wins or losses, but uh, growing young women. I wish you all the best. Yeah, thank you so much. That was pretty cool, right? Nikki Elsasser, 25 years old, grounded, ready to take on a job as a head coach of a D3 women's college soccer program. I think she's going to do great things. I hope you do as well. Doing great things. United Soccer Coaches, United Soccer Coaches Foundation. They've raised a bunch of money. They want to give out scholarships. They want to help you. You can learn how by listening to Amanda Mitchell around the corner on the United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by Team Snap. Team Snap's awesome. I have five teams on Team Snap. There are no questions asked by the players, the parents. Very easy to use. Very, very, very easy. Simple to use. Everyone, you know, everything's right there. Messages, availability. Boom, boom, boom. I've looked at other at other things and I think Team Snap sets the bar for this type of team management software. It's the best that I found. Welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches Podcast. I want to thank Mark Krikorian, the top man at Florida State, your reigning D1 champion. It was great to meet Nikki Elsasser. Talking about a youngster, 25 years old, is a head coach at a Division Three program, former player of the year at Messiah, doing incredible things. A little later on, we'll hear from a couple of our 30 under 30 members as well. And now we're joined by Amanda Mitchell, the development officer for United Soccer Coaches, always has great things going. Amanda, thanks for being with us. Thanks for having me again, Dean. Happy to be here. We're starting to think about uh, foundation and grants, and it's the time to have you on. So get us caught up on uh, what that means and how people can help. Yeah, so our endowment, Dean, um, has had a phenomenal year. Um, And so I'm just here to kick off the opening of applications for our annual grant and scholarship programs, which annually awards over 30 um, grant and scholarships to deserving coaches and organizations across the country um, as far as Canada. We've had uh, awardees from Mexico. So it is that time for us to now take the money we've raised and do the good we promise our donors with it. Well, there you go. That's even better. I started saying it's time to raise money. You've already raised the money. Now it's time to give it out. So it's always special. That's even more special, right? When you can give out the money. Talk about what it means to give these scholarships because it can be life changers for some of these coaches, right? Absolutely. You know, we know with organizations and even with people's personal budgets, there's only so many dollars for professional development. We know that there's those coaches that are the next rung that, you know, don't get to go to a convention this year or aren't on the list to go to a training, and we want to be the people that fill that gap. United Soccer Coaches Foundation has three applications that we're opening tomorrow, August 9th, Friday, um, our convention. So if you're someone who says, you know, convention has always been out of my financial reach, we want to hear from you. We'll be opening our education uh, scholarship. So if you're someone who says, you know, I need to get my next advanced diploma through United Soccer Coaches, it helps me further my career that is the application for you. And if you're an organization that says, you know what, we're kind of new to this professional development game, we really want to get a group of our coaches access to education, then I would love to encourage those organizations to apply for what we call our host a course grant, which is where we, United Soccer Coaches, will bring an instructor, we will come to you, and we will educate all of your coaches in one of our development-level development courses. One thing we know about United Soccer Coaches, and I mean this sincerely, I'm not being a salesperson here. If you send in an application for anything, United Soccer Coaches has the wherewithal, they have the common sense, they have the depth to read every single one. I know that even as I think about this 30 under 30. We had Ross Liberati on. Next week, Evan Brandsdorfer will be on. They're both under 30. They both just were named to head coaching jobs just in the last couple weeks, right before the college season starts. They both said it was because they're 30 under 30 members, and they both said it was because they took the time, even maybe they didn't want to at first, they took the time to fill out the application, they got in, and it changed their lives. So tell everybody, if you fill out an application, if you pour your heart into it, you got a good chance, right? Absolutely. Um, Last year, we were able to give away 33 grant and scholarship um, awardees to those that applied, and we had a little over 60 applications. Um, So about 50% of our applicants, we were able to 
support through, like I said, one of those three convention education or host a course opportunities. We have the opportunity this year to award even more of those, um, thanks to our generous donors um, that support the foundation and the work that we do. And so, again, our applications, we try and keep them as short and simple as possible. And really the best tip I can give to anyone that's thinking about applying is, one, review the application early, and two, just figure out a way to just tell your story. That's what the selection committee from the foundation wants to hear. We're not the grammar police. We're not looking for the most polished, you know, grant writer level application. We're looking to hear from those coaches that say, I want to do better for myself. I want to be better for my community and my players. And I need a little bit of financial assistance doing that. And we just want you to tell us that story so we can help you and match you with a fund that's going to support your future. Talk about raising that money and the incredible support that uh, you have to get to this point. Yeah, so, you know, United Soccer Coaches Foundation, um, as we've talked about in other podcasts, launched back in 1989. Visionary Bill Holloman um, really started driving this philanthropic movement through United Soccer Coaches. And over the years, that's turned into what is now a well over million-dollar endowment that goes to support these grant and scholarships. So we have over 30 named funds. Some at different levels. Some are going to be giving away as many as three grant and scholarships this year. Some are going to give away two. Some are going to give away one. Um, and it really is just the generosity of coaches giving back. You know, we talk about coaches give and how, you know, that really is a movement that we've kind of embraced at United Soccer Coaches and especially United Soccer Coaches Foundation. And really this endowment is the coaches that have come before you that are saying, you know what, the future of soccer is important. The future of working with players is important. It is a major player in the success of our communities, our schools, and our young people, and we want to make sure that they have the best coaches possible, and so that's why they donate to the foundation, and it really is trickle and it really does trickle down to be a game changer in the lives of coaches i love that you mentioned bill holloman i love that uh you certainly recognize the people before you that laid the groundwork to do what you do amanda and you're so great at it because there really is a deep legacy within this organization right oh my gosh absolutely i have the pleasure of talking um to quite a few of our press past presidents, all the way back to Mickey Cochran, um, you know, the great Al Albert and Jeff Bunnell, those that have really kind of been with this organization, you know, some of them 30 plus years, um, you know, some of them speak about conventions, uh, you know, back in the 80s. And Ralph Poulton talks about how he still has his first convention badge from the very first convention he attended many, many years ago. And so I do. I have the pleasure of really hearing the stories about the history of this organization from a lens of the people that were there really driving it and making it happen. Full circle. This is also a business call. And in business calls, you need repetition. Tomorrow is a big day. Remind everybody why and how they can apply. So what they will want to do is go to www.unitedsoccercoaches.org backslash coaches give. That is where we house all of our philanthropy. If you get the backslash, it's right there on the top bar of the homepage of our website. Click Coaches Give, and you will see everything that's there about the opening of our annual grant and scholarship awards, from our convention to education to host a course. They can click on the graphic. It will pop them right to the application, and they can start it. Or if they want to do a little bit more research, if on the right they go to the Grants and Scholarships tab, that will take them to a little more um, history of the foundation, history of the grant and scholarship program, but then also guide them to the application. The last thing I'll leave, leave you with, Dean, is these are due September 27th. Hard date. Um, unfortunately, we have so many grant and scholarship applications that we really need to make sure we stick to that due date. So August 9th to September 27th is the open window to get those applications in. I could do a show every day with Amanda Mitchell, the development officer for United Soccer Coaches. One final thought from you on why this is a great opportunity for folks. You know, again, and I've said it before, and I, I've been that director of a program where I have young people in front of me that say, I want to better myself, I want to get education, I want to get professional development, and I've had to sit with them and say, I only have so much money to do this with. And unfortunately, you know, it's been allocated in a different way this year. And I've seen just the heartbreak and, you know, having to see the want that they have to, to get an advanced education diploma or, you know, just even attend a convention because there is such power behind attending a convention in the mass amount of education you get. And so please, I encourage everyone, every coach, every 
nonprofit organization and club in our network to take advantage of this great opportunity and don't miss out on it. Website, one more time. Let's do it. www.unitedsoccercoaches.org backslash coaches give. Amanda Mitchell, thanks for being on the program. Thank you, Dean. Always a pleasure to be here. Talk to you soon. And coming up, we meet two more members of the United Soccer Coaches 30 Under 30 class. Ross Liberati just named a head coach of a college team and Taylor Brown Adcock just had a little baby girl couple weeks ago has got a big job with North Carolina FC Youth, one of the biggest youth clubs in the United States, if not the biggest. Ross and Taylor, after this message, stay with us. Looking for ways to improve your training sessions? Quick Goal has supplied the highest quality soccer goals, seating, field, and training equipment for over 30 years. From backyards to the world's greatest pitches, Quick Goal has products essential for every level of the game. As an official partner to the United Soccer Coaches and technical partner to you U.S. Soccer, Quick Goal knows what equipment you need to take your game to the next level. Visit quickgoal.com to satisfy all your equipment needs. Welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by Team Snap. As we told you, spending more time with members of the United Soccer Coaches 30 Under 30 class. So pleased to be joined by Taylor Adcock. Of course, if you listen to this program, you know I'm based in North Carolina, longtime voice of the North Carolina Courage and North Carolina FC, former Carolina Railhawks have worked with Castle, now NCFC Youth forever, and Taylor Brown Adcock, a Castle player since she could kick a ball. She's now a big-timer with NCFC Youth. She's the U11, U14 North Girls Classic Director, and you know what? More importantly than all of that, I can tell you she'll say it. She's a brand-new mom, Ramey, just a few weeks old. Taylor Adcock, known as Taylor Brown during her playing days at USF and Campbell at Broughton High School under Izzy Hernandez and, of course, with Castle. Taylor, first of all, that's got to be the number one moment in your life, though, right? Ramey, it's got to be. Yes, it is. It's been. It's opened my eyes in ways that I've never seen before. So um, she's beautiful, and we're very. We feel very blessed. So we're excited about her. Yeah, I'm thinking uh, Paul Riley might start recruiting her already for the North Carolina <laughs> Currys. By the way, isn't it incredible to do what you do for NCFC Youth, be the U11, U14 mm-hmm. North girls, and have the best women's professional soccer team in the world right here in your backyard? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, I remember growing up and I went to the the Courage games and um, just having that um, access to be able to watch, you know, women um, within our area within driving distance um it's just incredible and um you know all the opportunity for women that's coming up now is just i, th- I think it's a great timing for um you know little girls that are they're going to be growing up like my daughter um you know when i played and when i graduated college there wasn't really anywhere to go to play professionally in the united states there was just the you know the w league and i jumped into that but um, and played overseas a little bit as well but you know the opportunity within the states now is just it's incredible. So yeah, I'm I'm excited um, to see. Hopefully, she'll be a little a little soccer player like her mom. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, as we told you, Taylor Brown then Taylor Adcock now, and she went to Broughton High School. Izzy Hernandez, who you'll see oftentimes at United Soccer Coaches Convention, the late great Charlie mm-hmm. Slago. We just celebrated his life mm-hmm. July 28th. Ran Castle for so many years as well. And now Gary Butte is the top man. I just saw him on Sunday. He's so proud mm-hmm. of you. So proud of your promotion and make no mistake uh, your development through youth soccer I gotta believe inspired you to want to be a coach as well as you know hanging Mm -hmm. out with guys like Izzy Hernandez right (laughs) yeah that's right um so Izzy was my PE teacher as well at at Broughton and um I just remember him making everything so fun um and so worthwhile um he was just someone that you went on the soccer field you wanted to play for um and it's not really something that you can explain um it's just something that you know it was a characteristic that he had um that I wanted to have as I grew up so he was a big inspiration um you know for me becoming a coach I actually got my degree in physical education too and taught for a little bit um but he was a big reason why of what I do and um you know I had a lot of mentors in my life like that and I know you mentioned Charlie as well 
um, you know, uh, we miss him dearly. I, I saw a picture the other day um, of when I was 13, and he was in this our state cup photo, and he was just always so supportive and came to everything. And um, so, you know, men like that, and also, you know, I had I had one woman coach growing up, just one. Her name was Shannon Tolley, and I don't think she ever really knows how much impact she had on me, but. Um, uh, I remember her as well, and just look back to all the you know, mentors and role models that I had. And, um, you know, the game is just, it's the best teacher, um, you know, not just for soccer, but for, you know, life lessons. And, uh, you know, the club that I coach for today, it really um, shapes me into the person that I am. Um, you know, I learned how to work hard. I learned you know, cooperation, teamwork, um, self-motivation, uh, all that kind of stuff, you know, from, from the game and the club that I played. So I'm just giving back um, to, you know, the club that gave me everything that I have. Um, and I really enjoy uh, what I do. And it's, it's a great profession. I have fun every day um, and get to inspire little girls to become something um, bigger than they ever thought they could be. Yeah, what a great age, U11 to U14. Mm-hmm. Those are big-time years for the development yeah, of women important. both on and off the field, right? Very important, yeah. It, you know, their brains at that age, they just want to soak up everything. Um, you know, they're really good listeners, and um, there's so much to learn during that time frame. So I think it's very special, you know, even though I may have, you know, someday I may want to coach at another level, whether it be college or, you know, get into more of the Girls Development Academy. You know, that's something that I can look down the road, but, you know, for now, I think um, it's very special to influence uh, younger girls so that when they get to the, you know, higher level, they already have um, that mentality um, established from the from the beginning, so it's you, special. Yeah, you talk about mentors. What was it like uh, growing up the daughter, one of two daughters of a former linebacker for Wake Forest mm-hmm. University that uh, I'm going to guess didn't know a whole lot about this game we call soccer? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my dad was extremely competitive, uh, which uh, is the reason why I am so competitive. Um, you know, there, there, are little th- there are little things that um, – that I really value. Like, it's funny, but I, I remember you know every night um, when we were going to bed, we had these stairs in our house, and I would literally race my dad up the stairs um, to see who could touch the bedpost first before we go to bed, and whoever touched the bedpost would win. So, you know, it's like little things like that that I was really challenged all the time, and. Um, you know, he was just always supportive of whatever um, sport that I wanted to play. And as long as I was, you know, tough and um, had a hardworking mentality, he didn't he didn't mind what I did. But, um, you know, he never, co- you know, tried to coach me or tell me what to do. He was just always very supportive and said, hey, you know, you did great. You know, what, what could you have done a little bit better? You know, he was there, too. Um, we, had, we had a the thing we called daddy-daughter bench after every game. And it was a place that um, he had made this little bench for me, and we'd sit down after every game. And um, we talked about the game and how it went and how I felt about it. And it was never, um, you know, he was never telling me what I should do. He was only telling me or helping me work through um, what I should have done better and, and um, what I did well. So and it was also a time of prayer um, and, you know, to get – to recognize that all these things come from uh, the good Lord above, and that was always a good reminder. So, um, you know, he's um, he's a big inspiration of mine, my dad, um, and always has been. And my mom as well. My mom is not an athlete. She was, you know, more of a she's more artistic. Um, you know, very very good at singing. She's a singer. You know, art, all that stuff. So, and my sister's like that. So, I'm more like my dad. My sister's more like my mom, but. Everyone in my family is very special to me, and um, it is a big reason of, of who I am today as well. A heartwarming yeah. story. I'm so glad you shared it. That's mm-hmm. one of the reasons why I love getting to know all 30 members of our 30 under 30 class for United Soccer Coaches. Uh, so many great memories. I am going to ask you to kind of dig deep and give me your best mm-hmm. memories so far, both as a player, whether it was at youth, college, or professionally. I know you spent a year in Finland as well, and I know you played for the mm-hmm. DC United program. Best memory as a player and best memory as a coach so far. Sure. Um, as a player, I'd probably say when I played for DC United, I did. Um, like I said, there wasn't a women's professional league, so um, all you know the national team players um, 
actually played within that league, the W League. So I played with some incredible uh, players, and there were a couple games I got to play beside Becky uh, Sauerbrunn. So she was um, center back. I was a center back. I also played a little bit of defensive midfielder. Um, so, you know, I think the the best moment for me was when um, I played right beside her and got to experience um, her leadership. Uh, she's she's older than me. I'm only I'm twenty I'm twenty eight, almost twenty nine, and, and Becky's in her you know in her thirties. So it was it was also another mentorship kind of thing, and um, just having that experience just to play beside someone that is um, you know so fantastic in every way um, was just incredible. So I'll never forget that game. Um, we were in uh, Virginia, I believe, and we were playing the Piranhas. That's what they were called back then. So you know, the league is completely different now, but um, ha- having the opportunity to play against some of the best players in the world and play beside some of them, that was that was pretty incredible. So as a player, that would be my memory. As a coach, I'd probably say, you know, gr- growing up, we always went to WAX, the WAX tournament in D.C., and we never did win it. We got really close, um, you know, lost in PKs multiple years. Some of the years it got canceled, I remember, because there was a sniper, and then the weather was always pretty pretty bad. Um, but we never did win it. So a couple years ago I took um, one of my U12 teams, and uh, we won the whole thing. And it was just it was awesome to be able to say, hey, I didn't win this as a player, but I actually, you know, helped these girls to win it as a coach and um so that was you know pretty special speaking of mentors who is your united soccer coach's mentor that you've spent some time with his name is uh, jay galone so he's actually you know a goalkeeper director which i don't have any goalkeeping experience but um he's been very helpful he calls me every once in a while you know he said it doesn't have to be about goalkeeping it's about anything it could be about soccer it could be about life it could be about what you're going through you know tell me about your pregnancy tell me about your daughter you know i just want to, he's always very open to you know just talking about um anything not just soccer but um giving me you know a good life perspective on things um and he's been very helpful i know one thing we've talked about is um you know NCFC is a really big club now. You know, back in the day, Castle, it was big as well, but, you know, significantly smaller. Um, so trying to work through, you know, all the teams that we have and the and the size impact and how that's changed the club and, you know, the good and the bad that comes along with that. And he's been um, a good mentor to be able to um, talk to me through, the, through that um, change because it is very different from playing and now coaching. It's just a different world. So... Um, he's been great to talk to about that. Well, you've been so great highlighting special moments. Uh, you know, it takes mm-hmm. time to apply to be uh, a member of the United Soccer Coaches 30 mm-hmm. Under 30. Talk about your decision to do it and what it means to be part of this class. Yeah. Um, so I had I actually had applied a couple years. Um, I think it was about four years that I had applied, and, and I, I didn't get in. And, and I'm actually the director of soccer, which is Paul uh, Forster at our club, he would always push me to say, hey, you know, Taylor, we want you to – always try to be better than you are right now. We want you to work on your education. You know, we um, we see that you have a future here, and we think that 30 under 30 would really, um, you know, give you just another experience to help you along with your career. Um, and so, you know, a lot of it um, I have to give to Paul because he was always my back about, hey, apply for this, apply for that. And, um, you know, he believed in me to uh, be able to get through to the program. So, um, you know, I just kept applying, and I, I got accepted um, this year. And um, I've really enjoyed the people in the class. It's really nice to um, be able to share experiences with other people that are going through the same things that you are. If it's a, you know, if it's another female that's a coach, which you know we don't, there, there aren't many um, in the game. So having a couple in the class and be able to talk through some of the challenges and some of, um, you know, the joys of coaching as a female have that's been really useful to me. Um, and then also, you know, people within the certain role that is the same as mine um, at a youth club and their aspirations and goals, and you know, we're all kind of challenging each other. Um, which is a good thing, which is what you need, I think. And um, it's a good community to be a part of. 
um, to be able to help each other out in times of need um, and in times of success. So I've, I've really, really enjoyed it. I love the convention. I actually had never been to the convention before. So, um, you know, that was included within the 30 under 30 um, class package or however you want to say it. And I honestly learned so much when I was there. Um, and, you know, we felt really pampered. We had like certain lunches and dinners that were provided for us. And we got to attend events that, you know, the general public didn't. And it was just a really cool experience. Um, and I would obviously recommend it to any other person out there that is, you know, looking to uh, further their career um, in soccer because it's a good learning opportunity. Yeah, well said. And I remember seeing you up on the stage. I co-hosted the event uh, when they recognized the 30 mm-hmm. under 30 in Chicago. And I remember seeing you then and uh, was hoping to try to find you because of the connection to mm-hmm. Gary Butte and all those folks. But glad that uh, we made the connection now. Finally, full circle, as mm-hmm. you think about all those special moments and uh, none bigger than just uh, celebrating the birth of uh, your first daughter, Ramy, mm-hmm. and knowing that uh, your dad's a football player, your husband's an ultra marathon runner, you're a pro soccer player. I think chances <laughs> are pretty good for Paul Riley to have a superstar in Ramey. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. Obviously, you know, it's going to be it's going to be her choice about what she wants to do, but she's going to be living and breathing football. Of, so, with you know, mom being on the soccer field, she'll be right, right there with me along the way. So, I don't really see any other any other route um, that she could go. So, yeah. I'm excited for her to have opportunity in the future, um, and it'd be fun to see where she ends up. Well, congratulations to you and your husband, to Ramey, and also to NCFC Youth, the U11, U14 North Girls Club Director, Taylor Adcock, a member of United Soccer Coaches 30 Under 30. Great conversation, Taylor. I enjoyed it. Hope you did. Mm -hmm. I did. Thank you so much for having me. That's Taylor Adcock, Ross Liberati, United Soccer Coaches 30 Under 30, when we return. Managing your club or league shouldn't feel like a second job. With Team Snap, it doesn't have to. They help customers save their time and sanity on tasks such as communication, registration, scheduling, and more. Bring your club or league into the 21st century with Team Snap. Go to TeamSnap.com. Welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by Team Snap. Great guests all around. Mark Krikorian, the reigning national champion for Florida State women. Going to try to go for the repeat. Amanda Mitchell from United Soccer Coaches and so many others. And as promised off the top, we meet two more members of our United Soccer Coaches 30 under 30 class. Remember, 15 men, 15 women, under 30, doing great things around the passion and love of the game. And I'm talking about big time things including becoming head coaches at colleges and our main man Ross Liberati has just done that at Widener in Philadelphia and he joins us now Ross Liberati part of the United Soccer Coaches 30 under 30 Ross thanks for being with us all right thank you for having me it's a pleasure yeah and you come on red hot because it's only been I mean I don't even think 30 days and you've been named the head coach at Widener in Philadelphia remind us what division what conference because I know it's a great conference yeah, absolutely. No, it's been a crazy couple of days. You know, Widener is in the Middle Atlantic Conference. It's on the uh, Commonwealth side, so that's the same side as, you know, Messiah, obviously the, the powerhouse of Messiah. Lycoming's been very, very good, Lebanon Valley. Basically everybody in the conference is a very solid, solid team. So it's exciting for me to join a program that, you know, we have those type of challenges, and obviously being a first-time head coach is, is exciting in itself. So how hard is it to try to hit the ground running as a head coach? Because, well, first of all, remind everybody, like, when this all went down, because it was June, and boom, you're there, right? Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I applied in, in early June when it came up. Um, I was actually surprised I was in Africa when I heard about the, uh, the job posting. A buddy texted me. And, you know, I have a lot of family in this area, and I've known about Widener for a long time. So once that job came up, it was something that, you know, I wanted to look into. And, and obviously getting closer closer home to family was important to me. So, you know, when I applied, uh, you know, I heard back a couple weeks later, and they brought in a couple candidates. And after your interviews, it was about a week until I got the offer. So within basically a three-, four-week time frame, I, I went from, being an assistant coach at the Division One level at Bucknell, my alma mater, to you know transitioning to a head coaching role, so it happens very quick at the college level. Well, it takes a lot of people to you know make 
you, who you become, right? And uh, I know there's Absolutely. a lot of people. Yeah, there's a lot of people you want to thank. Who are maybe your top three to five mentors along the way that got you ready for this job, Ross? Yeah, no, that's a great question. Obviously, Coach Nash is, you know, he, he's a stalwart of the game. He's been at Bucknell for 20 seasons now as the head coach and a couple of the assistants. And you know, I played for Brendan uh, and graduated in 2011. We had a lot of success together. So he is obviously a huge mentor of mine. And, you know, when uh, when I made the trans- transition back to Lewisburg, it was a big reason because of him, because of what he taught me as a player. And I, I knew there was going to be a lot for me to learn as a coach. Um, but before Coach Nash, I, you know, I have to give a big shout-out to uh, Mike Singleton. Mike Singleton is the head coach at Washington Lee University. And when I got down to Washington Lee in 2015, uh, the then coach Rolf Peranian. It was his last season of a 40-year career there, so uh, it was definitely an end of an era. And I coached with uh, Coach Peranian for that last season. And then Mike Singleton came on for MIT, um, and you know we we really when he first came in, you know he, he took a chance on me. Um, he he could have just brought in his own staff, but he decided to keep me on. And you know I learned uh, so much from him whether. You know, not not only from a coaching perspective, but also from a person perspective. He's he's a phenomenal coach, phenomenal mentor, and he's doing really good things down in WNL. And it's it's good to see them being a perennial NCAA team and kind of competing at the highest level. So that model that I learned down in Lexington is something that I'm definitely trying to bring to Widener. Um, you know, I also need to give a shout out to Coach Burns at, at Frostburg State when I was GA. He was a fantastic guy to work for, and you know, just the general soccer family. Um, you know, from the 30 under 30 program, one of my mentors I was assigned to is uh, Bud Lewis, the longtime coach in Wilmington College, and uh, he he's been a great guy. I had a chance to sit down with him at the convention and have dinner with him and his wife, so that was great. But you know, my colleagues, coaches, um, family, obviously, have been all very supportive in this move, and it's been kind of a it's made a crazy time, you know, exciting. Talk about how you put together your coaching staff. Uh, who have you hired, knowing that uh, you just said so many great words about coaches that have helped you, Ross? No, that's a great question, and that's something that's on the top of my to-do list. Um, I have a couple feelers out to guys that just need to kind of decide whether, you know, which opportunity they want to take. But I'm, I'm actually hoping today is going to be the day I figure out the rest of my coaching staff, but, uh, you know, of the guys that I'm looking at, they're all very highly qualified and guys that I trust and know personally. But that's definitely been a huge, a huge uh, thing in the transition that I've had to think about. Putting this in Coach Nash's words, if Coach Nash was on the phone, first of all, he'd make us laugh because he's so gregarious, so much fun, and, <laughs> and such a, a great guy. But if we said, Coach Nash, describe Ross Liberati as a player, not as a coach, as a player, what Ooh, do you think player, he would say? Okay. I think he would say that I was a very passionate player. Um, I was a center back, so I was I was very vocal. Um, you know, I, I hope he would say that I was a good leader. Um, you know, I was captain my senior year, and we won a Patriot League championship that year. And, and my my junior year, we won a Patriot League championship as well. So I would say that he he would say that I was a guy that that you know worked hard in games. Um, that I was a, hopefully a good leader for the team and a good representation of what Bucknell men's soccer is all about. And then, Ross, if we said same thing, but as a coach, what would he say? You're hitting me with a tough question today. <laughs> um, I would say that it was very similar to his player. Like, I'm very passionate about what I do. Um, a lot, you know, I graduated with Bucknell with a uh, degree in business. And a lot of guys and girls that graduate with that type of degree are in New York City, in Philadelphia, in D.C., all over the country. Um, you know, working the grind of uh, of uh, you know business life, and I decided early that I thought soccer was what I wanted to do, and was something I was really passionate about. Um, so I brought that to as a player, and then as a coach, uh, I, I try to bring that same level of passion. So I think Coach Nash would say that I'm a very passionate coach. Uh, I'm hungry. I, I I really enjoy winning, but I also understand that. At the level I'm at right now, and at Bucknell, Washington, Lee, and Frostburg, academics are, are are the number one priority. But we're also gonna, you know, hopefully have very good so- a very good soccer program, a very good culture. So, you know, I would say he would say I'm, I'm very very passionate and energetic about what I do, and and hopefully I I try to represent whatever university I'm working for in a very positive way. 
Hearing the voice of Ross Liberati, just named the head coach at Widener University, a D3 school in Philadelphia, which is great. Not too far from Wilmington, Delaware, where he was born, grew up in Maryland, played at Bucknell. You heard about the stops along the way. Now, listen, last week we had on Cale Wasserman, who was just named of the course, new head coach yeah. Yeah, at SIUE. And here's a guy who played at Saginaw Valley State. I think that was the name of the university and then left and mm-hmm. then came back, became a head coach decided that he wanted to be a D1 head coach, felt like the only way to do that was to become an assistant at a D1 school, something you've already done, great success at Mm -hmm. Michigan State, and now he's got this job. I asked him what advice he could give to youngsters, because Kale, while he's not under 30, he's still a pretty young man. What advice could you give to folks that uh, are thinking, man, it's going to be impossible to get any kind of head coaching job at a D1, D2, or D3 school? Yeah. No, it's a very good question, and, and I, I shout out to Kale. He, he was awesome at Michigan State, so I'm really, really looking forward to seeing what he does down there. Um, you know, I think the biggest thing that I, I really had to to learn was if you're all if you're constantly thinking about the next thing and the next move, I think it's going to affect the job that you're currently in. Mm. So my my advice would be to anyone that wants to become a head coach and make that transition, and obviously it's a very difficult thing to do. And I went through multiple rounds of interviews at different schools. So, you know, I understand the kind of the grind of it. But, you know, just making sure that you're doing the best job you can do at your current job and, you know, you're, you're doing the right thing with the teams and for your head coach and establish a really, um, you know, hopefully positive reputation. Um, you know, that, I think that's the biggest thing. And, you know, if you work hard and put in the time, put in the effort, I think good things happen to people. Um, so I think just just working hard, you know, enjoying where you're at currently, things are just going to happen. Things happen for a reason. I like um, that so I answer. think that would be my, my, my number one advice for everybody. Yeah, Ross, I like that answer indeed. Well said. And I like the fact that you already mentioned your mentor. So that leaves us with just one more thing. As you know, United Soccer Coaches, formerly NSCAA, a ton of history. There's a lot of pride, the red aprons. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's important for them to keep opening doors for young, successful folks like yourself. What do you think of the organization? What has it meant to you, Ross Liberati? been a very good organization to me um you know i've actually taken all their courses up for the premier course i'm actually going to take the goalkeeping course at some point here um but you know it was the first educational pathway that i i started to undertake and it's really got me introduced you know introduced and passionate about the game of soccer um i would say it reinforced my passion and you know the people that i've met along the way whether it be you know uh paul Payne, paul marco you know, just guys that I've met that have been awesome mentors to me and just connections have been um, has been really, really positive. So, you know, USC is something that I, I really enjoy being a part of and something that I'm going to be part of in the future for sure. Uh, you've been kind to say that I ask some good questions because I don't always do that, uh, and I appreciate uh, <laughs> if maybe you were even stretching the truth. I'm going to ask a maybe not-so-good question, a little tougher question, but uh, I like to yeah. ask it anyway. What is one thing outside of soccer that folks uh, maybe don't know about Ross Liberati that's worth knowing? Okay, I, I would say, you know, in terms of hobbies that I have, I, uh, I enjoy fly fishing. It's something that I've done with my dad for a long time growing up, and you know, especially during the season and during the spring season when I, I'm stressed out and I need to get away from everything, I just go into a river and go fishing is something that I really enjoy. Um, but I also I, I have two two dogs, a black lab and a golden retriever, and you know, taking them for a walk with my wife Kristen is always just something I really really enjoy. So I, I'm I'm a pretty simple guy, Dean. You know, I just like the simple things in life, um, and uh, you know, I think that's something that when people meet me, they know that I'm a pretty laid-back person. I, I, I tend to get along with a lot of people. So, um, you know, I think that's the, that's the one thing you'll learn about me pretty quickly once, once you get to know me. I appreciate you sharing that, and I'm so happy for you that uh, we catch you right as you're getting ready to hire your coaching staff and get going as mm-hmm. the top man, folks, the top man at Widener <laughs> University in Philadelphia. We'll be following you, Ross, and hopefully uh, we can track you and see you at the convention in Baltimore and keep it going, okay? Absolutely. Thanks so much for being with us. I really appreciate you having me on. Thanks to Ross and all of our guests. We also want to thank Mike Knipper, Sean Chevro. 
Casey Brown with the big assist, former United Soccer Coaches 30 Under 30 member, and all of you. We'll see you same time, same channel next week. I'm Dean Linky for United Soccer Coaches. Thanks for listening.